Welcome to Dragonian, your podcast for news and updates in Hong Kong and Taiwan. I'm your host, William. Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Dragonian podcast in 2024. In this episode, we will be rounding up events that happened within Hong Kong and Taiwan in the second half of 2023. If you would like to learn more about what's happening in these two regions, please subscribe to our podcast, whether you are listening from your favorite podcast app or directly from YouTube or its music app. So, in this episode, we will just be discussing some of the larger stories that happened in Hong Kong and Taiwan in the second half of 2023. So, let's start. So, let's start on, on, on news or, or on events that affected Hong Kong the most in the second half of 2023. So, the first one is the application of the national security law. The governments continued their wide range of activities to help to clamp down on whatever remaining that can be considered dissident. This included various methods of, of, of various protest groups and various social movement groups, which included the League of Social Democrats being arrested multiple times for multiple events happened within this year. It also marked this in this second half of 2023, also marked the start of the show trial of Jimmy Lai, which actually received widespread condemnation from the global society. Furthermore, the 47 people case are also under extra scrutiny at the same time, as people are arguing if exercising constitutional rights may warrant a violation and a subsequent arrest and jail of under the national security law, as we are seeing how how the society or how the political sphere within Hong Kong have become much more restricted than ever, with this trend being now trying to seep into other, um, in other industries or, or in other areas of social life, which now includes, for example, uh, social discussions or discussion of uh, policies, which are unrelated to the national security law directly. And another example is at the education industry. And as we are talking about this, we are actually also witnessing the incorporation of the national security elements into local regulations. For example, rules related to broadcasting and even in education system, etc. And as I've uh, as, as we have just talked uh, just now, the education reforms are also trying to add as many national security and patriotic elements as po- possible as the government consider. Um, the one of the mandatory subjects under the DSC curriculum, liberal studies, um, as the main reason for all the societal issues that rocked Hong Kong in the past ten years, which started just basically from twenty twelve to na- till now. Furthermore, the government's national security department, department for, um, for enforcing the national security law, have also ramped up its, uh, way to 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 so called announced bounties on individuals who are accused of national security laws. This included quite a lot of people and even included citizens, non-Hong Kong citizens, although they may have previously resided in Hong Kong. And as um, the um, the opposition or, or the now basically disintegrated opposition has also been shedding light on how the government is um, surveilling various previously pro-democratic people um, or pro-democratic um, workers or, or movement organizers as they are trying now to use a very communist way of 
um securing or a or, or similar to how Stasi worked in the DDL during the 70s and 80s, recruiting previous social movement or organizers to survey or also to, to, to carry out surveillance for the government itself. So this is a little bit about the political development and now it's about a little bit about the economic development. So the economic outlook within Hong Kong actually got worse even basically after the start in 2023 when the government opened borders between Hong Kong or the China opened borders between Hong Kong and China. Um, as a result, the government actually introduced various initiatives to boost the lackluster economy uh, with two major campaigns, one of them as Hello Hong Kong and the other one as Night Fives Hong Kong, being the core to attract tourists and, and so-called boost the economy as possible. However, basically a lot of events that happened, or the, not only the rocky launch, but also the events themselves and the rebranding of some, some really already recurring events have actually taken a toll for a possible success for a branding of this um of this whole idea or of this whole these two main campaigns the government also and uh, the government in hong kong also tried to say hong kong is back by organizing various econ economic forums and basically organizing various activities to attract foreign direct investment or attract foreign companies to open up regional headquarters in Hong Kong. However, the result of this seems to be mostly that attracted, basically attracted mostly Chinese companies to open its regional or, or its global headquarters within the city. As a result, basically people are dubbing um, the society or dubbing Hong Kong as a part of um, China or as a, just a tier one city in China instead of Asia's global city as advertised by the Hong Kong SSL government from the early 2000s. And basically this also uh, this whole discussion also directly resulted in a meme about um, about this although in Cantonese it's about uh, it's something like I don't know why you feel so 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 dim or, or so gloomy for the future of Hong Kong. However, I see the the goods or the positives from how this society emerges from or, or improves from its status from a so-called ru to um prosper or in Chinese is yao zi kapheng you zi zi xiong or something like that. So these are events that happened or, or these are the main stories that happened in the second half of 2023 in Hong Kong. Next, we will talk about some also very important events that happened within Taiwan that actually shaped its social, economic and political spectrum or its political landscape. So first, we are seeing the presidential and legislative UN elections now, now going in this full swing in Taiwan. As we are seeing the opposition fail to secure a joint ticket to run for Taiwan's election, we are also seeing the one of the uh, latest announcements of latest announcement of his intention to run or the latest announcement of a vice presidential candidate in history uh, in, in the ROC or Taiwan's presidential election history. Furthermore, candidates, not only for the presidential um, election, but also for the legislative union elections, faced extra scrutiny on their own portfolio or their own previous doings and wrongdoings. And actually, this actually has directly resulted in some of them being forced to abandon their bid because of 
um some very traditional values or or how they are not harnessing or um or acting as a role model for traditional values however they seem to have only affected um a pre uh, um the a candidate from the ruling party which in fact actually um the idea of extra scrutiny also actually affected various parties as well for example the dpp most of them are talking about any uh, possible signs of corruption for the dpp and uh, they are also talking about um for example um supporting um the right to live and basically supporting other policies or they have um so-called what's um so they have returned a some somewhat like a results table or or a, a um or a tick or a sheet that basically marks their accomplishments or their misaccomplishments within the past eight years of DPP's ruling. For for the Chinese Kuomintang, it's not it's about their stance against China and also its ability to rule um local municipal governments, as we are actually seeing. Although the um, Democratic Progressive Party is controlling um the central government within Taiwan, actually. Um, local governments are mostly controlled apart from <clears throat> apart from two of the 50, 15 uh, prefectures or, or, or the 15 regions. Most of them are actually controlled by candidates or by um, KMT-aligned governors. For the Taiwan People's Party in this um in this in this election, it seemed actually for them to um, to, to to try to rally its hate against the two-party system, and basically it basically it seems that everyone is using hate as the main um, main method to rally supporters to vote for them and attract new possible supporters. I don't know by saying that all oh, other people are so bad or, or are worse than you. It's it's, it's somewhat a worse form of water bottom, but this seems to be the DPP's um the three main the, how the three main parties work. For the Democratic Progressive Party, they are questioning if other parties can staunchly oppose China's coercing efforts or efforts to coerce Taiwan into submission. For the TPP, Taiwan's Liberal Party, they are questioning if this two-party system actually works best for Taiwan and label them as the other choice or the third, the third choice or the or the, or, or, or something like the third way. And the Chinese Kuomintang questioning whether the eight years of ruling by the Democratic Progressive Party actually brought a net positive to the self-governing island, while saying that oh Taiwan basically lacks everything. Although we are seeing Taiwan's economy economy actually grew in a faster pace than the eight years under um Ma Ying-jeou's the former KMT's um presidents, um the ROC president who represents the Chinese Kuomintang ruling. Albeit there were um, the Chinese-U.S. trade war, um, worsening tensions or tensions between China, Taiwan and uh, China, and the pandemic itself. So next, we will talk about the national defense. So national defense seems to be a major core 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 talking point within Taiwan's landscape as well. We have we have seen calls to indigenize the defense industries basically since 2016 and in this year it actually bore its first fruits as seen by its indigenous submarine program and a light fire grade program both of them have completed its main hull and are able 
to so-called run in water or 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 basically now these house are being are being launched or officially launched as a product however a, a chinese kuomintang or the opposition affiliated legislator were accused for leaking secrets to foreign governments as to so-called build up barriers against the national defense and also the and also the legislator actually denounced any ndas that were originally prepared for them by them to sign as to um as to just to prevent any of these problems or, or to prevent secrets from leaking furthermore the government of the dpp um Controlled government also announced an extension of mandatory military service to one year from four months amidst the rising crisis of the possibility of an invasion from China to end the self-rule status of the island after the civil war was largely won by the communist forces in 1949. This marked as, a, as the first reversal of the trend of a decreasing military service period or military service um, total period of military service since the 1990s when tensions between Taiwan and China started to decrease at that time. Furthermore, um, they also announced plans to reform the training of these conscripts as to, um, as to improve the overall combat effectiveness and to remove some of the less um, lessly desired or, or, or less desired um, trainings that seem to be have seems to have or seems to have no use to the current multi-domain war that um that we will see not only in various wars but also in the some of the so-called um the so 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 so-called so um boundless wars or or multi-domain which involve the country not launching any military activities but tries to coerce other countries by through economic means or through um, other various means. Furthermore, um, in the second half of 2023, Taiwan was also plagued by, um, I can't say fake news, but, but misinformation, not this, but misinformation, for example, for X. So the opposition actually tried to attack the ruling party of corruption through X by so-called intentionally limiting X supplies so as to profit it from awarding contracts to other parties or, or parties that are connected with the ruling party. It also created immense pressure on some of the people that are involved in securing egg supplies within Taiwan and actually forced the Minister of Agriculture um, to resign. Albeit the lack of eggs actually seems to be of less than 10% of the monthly need, it actually created a hysteria and actually basically skyrocketed the egg price to not not a normal price but three times or five times the normal price just because of a 10 percent decrease although even when x itself is actually not a part of a statutory diet or, or as a base diet for people within taiwan so these are the top events that happened in hong kong and taiwan in the second half of 2023 we hope you find this round up informative if you do please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any single episode or don't miss a weekly news roundup offered by us if you have any feedback or would like to learn more about news or events that happened in hong kong and taiwan please subscribe 
If you have any comments, please let us know in the comments or drop us an email at william at draconianpod.com. Thanks again for listening to the Draconian Podcast, and thanks for support for the past for the past half year for our rocky launch to slowly building a solid base for our broadcast. We will be back tomorrow for the latest episode that will discuss last time news and events that happened in about Hong Kong and Taiwan in 2023. Have a good new year, have a happy new year, and goodbye. See you tomorrow.